welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are starting a new series today on forgiveness and remembering, and uh, even the title of it, it looked like it said, don't forgive and forget, or forgive and forget, or forgive and forget, and don't for- remember. It was just kind of one of those things that was a little confusing as you looked at the title, and uh, when the creative team gave that to me, I said, I like that, because I think there's a lot of confusion around forgiveness. I think there's a lot of confusion around forgetting, and forgive and forget, and should we remember, and... Um, I've also noticed that there's a lot of people uh, that forget the wrong things and remember the wrong things, if this makes sense, and they forget and forget in the, forgive and forget in the wrong way and they remember in the wrong way. And I thought, we need to bring some clarity to a very confusing thing. How many confused right now, all right? Yeah. But that's why it's just one of those things. We have, we have all these sayings about forgiving and forgetting. And, and uh, I jotted a few down. I, I thought, you know, people say like an elephant never forgets. And I really don't know what that means, but we say it. Um, we say forgive and forget. We say uh, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. That's something that we say. Um, uh, one of our presidents said, forgive your enemies, but don't forget their names. Uh, that was John F. Kennedy. He said that. Um, the great theologian Tony Soprano says, forget about it, all right? But I, how many know if the mob says forget about it, they are not forgetting? <laughs> they are not. But, um, there's other things that uh, they say about forgetting and remembering. They say your memory is the, I forget, your memory is, anyways, memory is the first thing to go. That's it, you know. So, uh, but we have all those different things. And uh, we're going to, in this series, look at remembering the right things and forgetting the wrong things. We're going to look at the beauty of forgiveness. We're going to look at the beauty of the memory that God has given us, the ability to recall things, the ability to let things go, and hopefully move forward as a church. Because again, I see so many people stuck in the wrong things. They just keep remembering the wrong things. And I just want to say, let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to that anymore. So we're going to look at remembering. How many know that uh, the ability to remember things is an absolute gift from God? It's an absolute gift from God that you can remember things and bring the past into your present in the right way. Like, for instance, right now, everybody think about Thanksgiving dinner right now. Just think about that. Some of you just smiled like huge right there. Can, how many, like, right now, as you think about Thanksgiving, you can remember last thing, and you're bringing that into your remembrance right now, and you can smell the turkey. 
You can taste the dressing. You can, you can just salivate right now and you just, you're like, okay, I can go there. It's a beautiful thing that we can remember the right things and it's a sad thing that it's a horrible prison that we get stuck remembering the wrong things. So we need to, again, in this series, uh, use this for the right, play, right way that God says, remember these things. I love communion. I love the fact that God instituted communion and that we do this once a month as a church, usually on the first weekend of the month, and we remember what Jesus has done. It brings our past into our present. We can remember the good thing of salvation and bring it to our now and say, this just causes me to live differently. I absolutely love this. I love that we can do this. I love that it brings the pieces of our life together. I love that God gives us this ability to remember things, and it causes us to live differently for our future. I love what Psalm 103 says. It's the 103rd Psalm. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I want to remember all the good things. And then he lists a few. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And when I read that, I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful that we can remember all the good things that God has done for us and just say, Lord, we thank you for this ability to have a memory and remember these things. But how many know that we can use that same gift and be trapped in a prison of remembering something over and over and over again? We need to be set free from that. We need to be set free from remembering the wrong things and being able to say, God, I want to get out of that trap, which helps us to realize that Forgetting, how many know that we have remembering and we also have forgetting. Forgetting can be a very beautiful thing or it can be a very painful thing, especially if you forget your anniversary. But it can be a beautiful thing to forget and it can be an amazing thing to forget the wrong things. And I think about the scriptures uh, that just talk about forgetting. We'll dig into those in just a moment. But Hebrews 8, 12 says, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. How many are glad that God's like, I don't want to remember your sin anymore. I want to forget it and I want to move it off to the side. I want to be done with it. It's a beautiful thing. But it's a huge loss if we forget things and have spiritual amnesia. If we have spiritual amnesia and we forget how good God has been to us. And then, of course, forgiveness. As I've been looking at this, we're going to look at this in this series. We'll really look in the last two weeks of this series on forgiveness. But we'll touch on all these things today. There is no downside to forgiveness. There is no downside to forgiveness. And yet we live in the lie of, I can't forgive that person because there's a downside to forgiveness, and there is no downside of forgiveness. And I hope that in this series, you'll break free from believing the lie that there is a downside to forgiveness. There's only an upside to forgiveness. When you receive forgiveness, when you give forgiveness, there's only an upside to it. And I think it's a beautiful thing, and I... I think in this series, I hope that we focus more and more on the fact that our God forgives us of our sins, that we are called to forgive one another, and if there's something that's absolutely beautiful about Christianity, it's the fact that it calls us to forgive. 
It's an absolutely beautiful thing that separates Christianity from all other religions that it says God forgives you and then asks you to forgive. So it's absolutely beautiful. So I'm going to look at all those today real quick, a brief intro into this, and then we're going to go ahead and each week look at them a little deeper. But today I just want to hit a little bit about each of these. And so the first thing, remember, remember God. It's over and over and over in the Bible. Remember God. If you want to remember anything about this point of remembering, it would be this. Remember God and remember good. Remember God and remember good. God wants you to remember him and remember all the good. So many times we forget all the good that people did for us, all the people that helped us to get to where we are. We forget just all the good things that he's done for us. And over and over and over again, the theme of the Bible is is when God's speaking to his people, he's like, don't forget about me. Don't forget about how good I've been to you. So it must be possible for us to drift away from God. It must be possible for us to get so busy that we forget about him, that we stop remembering how good he's been and how great he's been to us. And if I could say anything to the church, remember God and remember good. Remember how amazing he's been. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12 says this, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God's saying, hey, when it starts going good, don't forget, remember me. And if I could say this to anybody that is being blessed and has God's favor and things are going good in your life, remember God. Remember God. Keep thanking God for all that he's done for you. It's so sad when you only remember God when you're desperate. What kind of relationship is that, that you only remember God when you're desperate, when you're blessed, you forget about him. And God's like telling us, there's a warning, like just Be careful because when you get fat in a good way, don't forget who got you fat. Don't forget who blessed you and and poured out all of his goodness on you. Don't forget God. In Deuteronomy 8, 2, Moses is giving a challenge to the people. It's like a farewell speech. And he's like, don't forget. Don't forget how God has been so good to you. In Deuteronomy 8, 2, he says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. But the first part, he said, remember the Lord your God. He led you for 40 years. He was good for you. He put you on this adventure. He's given you mercy and goodness. And he supplied miracle after miracle after miracle. Don't forget God. Don't forget him. I was thinking about it today that I've been walking with God for 43 years. I've been walking with God for 43 years. 43 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I was thinking, this passage, he's saying, don't forget God, he's kept you for 40 years. And just a thought, if anybody here in all of our campuses, uh, interactive moment here uh, for all the campuses, if you've been walking with God for over 50 years, over 50 years, and you wanna say, I wanna remember that God has been faithful to me for over 50 years. I've not wandered away from God. I've walked with God for 50 years. Here at all the campuses, raise your hands. If you've walked with God for 50 years or more. Do we have anybody here? Okay, so we've got some hands going up. I'm assuming that, keep them up high. You're like, it's, uh, it, you're like it admits my age. It's okay, it's a good thing. 
Okay, look around, look around. There's some people that have been walking with God for over 50 years. At this campus, they have to be sitting way in the back. I don't know where they are at your campus, but let's thank God for over 50 years of faithful walking with God. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. He said, don't, don't forget. Remember, remember, remember how good God has been. He's like, your life has been action-packed, mercy-filled, miracle after miracle. Don't forget. Remember those things. Remember those. It's going to keep you grounded. Remember God and how good he's been over and over again. We need to write down a list of the things that he's done. Do whatever we can to remember them. We're going to talk about it next week because even like pictures, you know, in our global guide that we have uh, at our church, there's a picture of me being 50, a 15-year-old boy going on my first team. It just brought me back to Brazil and to my call of God when I saw that picture. There's something about a picture that brings you back to a moment. But what did God do before Instagram? What did God do before we had phones that had pictures? How did he get people to remember how good he was? We're going to look at that next week in detail. But we need to remember, we need to remember, we need to remember. I'll tell you this, the older I get, the older I get, um, the more I love communion, the more I love Easter, the more I love Christmas. And I got a confession as a young pastor, I used to get to Christmas, I was like, oh, it's Christmas. I gotta preach the Christmas message again. Like, what's a fresh take on Christmas? You know, I mean, what's a, I got to get a, and then Easter would come around like, man, I need a fresh take on Easter. What's a fresh take on Easter? You know what? Here's what I've learned over life. I don't need a fresh take on Easter or Christmas. I need to remember the true story of what happened and go back to it. I need to remember and be amazed by grace. I need to be amazed by Bethlehem. I need to remember the simple truth. I need to be in awe of Calvary every year. And I'm so glad that every year we keep remembering and remembering and remembering. One time somebody came up to me, they said, what are you preaching on Easter? I'm like, resurrection. They're like, yeah, I heard that one before. I said, it ain't changing. He's still risen. Okay. (laughs) Remember, remember, remember. Let's remember the right things and and let's stop remembering the wrong things. But over and over and over, God says, remember, 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 remember God. But he also says something to us over and over again. He says, forget the former things. He said, forget the former. You got to remember the right stuff, but I want you to forget the wrong stuff. I want you to forget those things and, and let them go. And God tells us that he forgets things about us, which is interesting. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Somebody somebody just needs to hear that again. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Let it go. Let it go. If God's forgiven it, let it go. And he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah 43, verse 25, I love this. He says, I, even I, God like reinforces it. Like God, God's doing this. He said, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Jeremiah 31, 34, second part of the verse, it says, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hebrews 8, 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I mean, it's just amazing what God's saying. God wants you to move forward. And as I was looking at this, how in the world does God forget what we did? 
don't know about you, but that just kind of baffles me because I forget things because I'm getting older, you know? I mean, I forget things. I forget names. How many are with me? Some of you introduce themselves like, hey, hi, you know, I'm Rob, and they say their name, and then also like, 10 seconds later, I'm like, what was her name again? John, J, John, J, John, J, John, John, J. I don't, I'm, you know, and then you're like, uh, and then you don't want to say like, I forgot your name already. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Right. When I do like leadership seminars, I write people's names down in the room and I, I go around the room and I write in everybody's name as they're saying it. And then I glance at it and I remember, I try to put it in my phone and do that and remember. So I forget things because I'm human. How does God forget things? He's God. How does he tell us, I forget these things, I don't hold on to it, and so I wanna just kinda of clarify this. Because how can God forget what we did when the Bible says he knows the stars by name? A hundred billion of them. So he's not going like, what, what was your name again? He's like, I got it, hundred billion stars, I got all these people on there, I know everybody's, I got it all, he's God, so how does he forget it? I want to point this out in Isaiah 43, verse 25. He says, I, even I, am one, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So I want you to understand what God is saying here. He's saying, if this is like your ledger of sins and you're guilty and God's like, you're guilty. I've got a record of your sins. I've got it. What I've done, though, is I've done this through Jesus. I basically have gone through here and I've marked it all out and I put on this, I've got it all taken care of. And he says, and so when I look at your sins now, I see this paid. I blotted it out. I don't even worry what was underneath there because I crossed it out and I wrote paid and it's taken care of. And he says, I blotted it out because we don't use ledgers anymore like they did back in that day. They didn't have the computers, but they'd actually have a book where people's things would be written in and they would write it down like you owe this, you owe this, you owe this, you did this wrong. And they keep a record of it. And when it was taken care of, they would cross it out and then they would leave, you know, paid, taken care of. And God's like, guess what? When I look at your transgressions, when I look at your sins and what you've done, I know there was something there, but it's covered, it's taken care of, it's paid, it's blotted out. I'm not worried about it anymore because it's been paid for. It's a beautiful thing. And it's as if God, it's not like God's getting amnesia and he's like, yeah, you tricked me. I don't know what you did, but you look good. And now he's like, I know what you did, but it's been paid for. It's been taken care of. I've blotted it out. And the only thing I'm looking at now on your ledger sheet is the red paid sign that says Jesus paid the price and I've forgiven you. And so I've, I'm not worried about it anymore. I'm not worried about what happened. It's taken care of. It's paid. It's blotted out. It's a beautiful thing. And so when God says, I forget those things, he's saying, I'm not demanding punishment anymore. He's saying, I'm not suspicious of you anymore. When you're forgiven, and I'm saying, I forget your sins, he's like, I'm not suspicious anymore. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, yeah, I forgive him, but keep an eye on him? He's a little sketchy. Just, you know, watch him in this case, yeah. He's like, no, I'm not suspicious of you. I blotted it out. I'm not remembering anymore. I'm giving you a new start. He doesn't dwell on it. And this is important. When God says, I forget it, he's saying, I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore because that doesn't apply to you anymore because you know what? It's been paid. It's been paid. So I don't live there anymore. I don't need to worry about that. It doesn't matter. It's been paid. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. It's amazing. He's saying, I don't live there anymore. I don't refresh it. 
I thought about this, you know, like when we have memories, they go into our mind and they're sitting there and how many know somebody can refresh it? Somebody can come up to you and go, hey, do you remember when? And you go, oh yeah, because that memory is sitting there and it's taken root and then somebody reminds you something refreshes it. A picture, a statement, a thing, uh, uh, you know, you can just attach something to a memory and all of a sudden it gets refreshed and it lives over again because it's been attached in your mind. This is a beautiful thing. As I was looking at Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And I thought about this. How many know that it's a beautiful thing that it doesn't say as far as the north is from the south because you can get to the north pole and you can get to the south pole, but you can never get to the east pole or the west pole. They just keep moving. They keep moving. And so this is the thought that I had as I was praying about this. I thought, Lord, it's as if you said, when I forgive your sins, what I do is I move them and they just keep moving. They're moving into oblivion. They never can settle. So no one can refresh the memory of them anymore because I've always got them moving because they're paid for and they're covered and they never can be refreshed or settled because they're moving east to west and you're forgiven. He's like, I've forgiven you. I forgot. It, it, it can't be refreshed because I've scattered them into oblivion and they just keep moving and they're never, they're never gonna be settled. It's a beautiful thing. God knows all you've done. And when you repent, he says, I forgive you and I won't hold that against you. I forget it. It's forgiven. It's taken care of. I'm not gonna hold it against you. Forget those things. Move on. I've moved on, you need to move on. It's a beautiful thing. And when God gives us that forgiveness and when we realize that he's forgotten it, how many know that all of a sudden it surprises us? You're like, wow, God, you would do that for me? Wow. And then how many know that when you realize that you've been forgiven of your sin and that that God forgets it and has moved it on and said it's not gonna settle, it's taken care of, it's paid, it's not held against you? How many know that you start even feeling worse for your sins? Like you're like, wow. You'd, you'd forgive and forget. Now, and then you start thinking, but if God's gonna do that, I wanna love him like crazy. I wanna love him like any, this is amazing. And you start loving God so much more. And then you start living differently, which leads us to the last thing, which gives us the ability to forgive one another. If God didn't forgive us and didn't forget what we did, how many know we could never do that for other people? And so when we start living in the forgiveness of God and the the fact that he's like paid, taken care of, covered, I won't refresh it, it's always moving away, it's never gonna settle, it can't be refreshed, it's gone, it's out of here, we are able to live differently and we're able to forgive one another. And it's so sad, I've watched so many people not be able to forgive other people. And I've gotta tell you, church, we have got to be better at forgiving one another. We have to, we have to. The Bible is so clear about us forgiving. Matthew 18, again, we'll camp on this in a future week, but Matthew 18 talks about 70 times seven. How many times should I forgive? Seven? You know, 70 times seven. Wow, unlimited forgiveness. It's a beautiful thing. Matthew 6, 12 talks about forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Trespasses, trespasses. You're like, I have to forgive. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. It's like we need to forgive one another and be able to forgive and just be able to give this out. And so if God says, remember the good, remember God and remember good, forget those things that you need to forget. Stop living in that pain. Forgive, 
Forgive, give forgiveness. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. Be kind and compassionate. Forgiving one another. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know that saying, one another? That means I need to forgive you, you need to forgive me. We need to forgive them, they need to forgive us. It's like a never-ending, we all keep forgiving. Now there's, how many know this? There is no logical reason that God should forgive you of your sins other than Jesus paid for it. There's no logical reason. When you really think about it, there's no logical reason that God should forgive us other than the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price for it. And so it's only for his glory and for his sake that, that we are able to receive the forgiveness. So if there's no logical reason for God to forgive us other than Jesus paid the price, how many know that we should be able to give forgiveness to other people even when there's no logical reason? We're like, there's no logical reason for me to forgive you, but I forgive you because I'm not gonna be held by this. I'm gonna let go of this. And I'm telling you, I've seen so many people bound by a lack of forgiveness. I was reminded of it again, and I've shared it before, but there's just this lack of forgiveness, this unforgiveness. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on a plane flying to San Diego. I'll never forget, I was sitting next to this lady and she said, I'm going to Mexico for special treatment. And you know, she goes, I have these tumors, they're ravaging my body and the doctors have no clue why it's there. And, and as she's talking to me, she just starts sharing and she's talking about the people in her life she hates and won't forgive. And then I'm thinking, this is probably, you know, it's like your own body is eating you up with your lack of forgiveness for these people. And as she's sharing this, I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. I said, do you think the fact that you have such hatred towards your mom and dad and the things that they've done could be like maybe just eating at you and, and causing this? Because she was bitter at her mom and dad. She was bitter at her ex-husband. She was bitter at her boss. And I mean, in, in a short flight, she's hating a lot of people. And so I said, do you think this is uh, she goes, I, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue, but I, I'll never forgive him. I'll ne and I said, well, I really think you're supposed to let it go and see if God can bring some healing by letting that go. And, and for, she goes, I will never. I mean, that she did it like that in the chair. I will never forgive them. I will never. And, and as we got off the plane, I thought, you're never getting rid of those tumors. You're never. It's just, it just the thought of forgiving and and. She's right, there probably was no logical reason for her to forgive them, but she was being held by this unforgiveness. And if I could say anything, there's no logical reason, again, why God would forgive us other than Jesus has forgiven us. And there's no logical reason why we should forgive a lot of people the things that they've done to us other than the fact that we are recipients of forgiveness and we ought to be givers of forgiveness. And say, if I can receive it, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. I am going to be somebody that forgives and moves forward. Joyce Meyer said this. She said, you may not be able to forget what has happened to you, but you have to forgive. And this comes from a lady that is preaching around the world, but was raped repeatedly by her own dad hundreds of times. And she said, I had to learn to forgive him. I couldn't forget all the things, but I had to forgive him. And if you don't know her story, it just... It's amazing just all the things she went through to forgive her father. She said, I can't forget it, but I will forgive and I will not be bound by that. She said, there are things you're going to have to forgive that you may not be able to forget. But I will tell you this, 
if you forgive, the possibility will be there for you to forget. Psychologists have, have, have proven this. They've said that if you forgive someone, you will stop dwelling on that issue over and over again. And when you forgive someone, you stop dwelling on it and you'll actually get to a spot where you don't remember it in many cases. But if you don't forgive them, you will keep replaying it. And they said, the worst thing about it is, not only do you replay it, you make it worse than it was. When you don't forgive someone, isn't that interesting? God's like, you need to forgive. You need to forgive as Christ, for Christ's sake, forgive. If Christ would forgive you, you got to forgive one another. And if you hold on to it, what you'll do is you'll start building things and making it worse. And the psychologists have proven that we add new details into the story, make it worse than it was. And at first we want an apology from the person. And then if we dwell on it long enough, then we want vengeance and if we dwell on it long enough, then we don't, we just want to obliterate them. You know, we're like, we just move forward. It just gets uglier and uglier and uglier. But it's saying, if you forgive someone, you'll have the ability to forget. And I can tell you, this is so true. I owe this to the, the grace of God on my life, that when I forgive someone, it's as if all of a sudden I start forgetting it. I'll forget that it ever happened. And some of us say, well, I saw you talking to that person. Do you know what they did to you years ago? I'm like, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, and, it's, and they're like, okay. Um, I was sharing some of the hurts that we've been in. I, I do a lot of pastors uh, training seminars, and I go to other churches, and I've shared hurts over the years and years and years and years, and I share them with pastors, but I don't share them with the church. So we're like, well, how do we hear them? You can't. <laughs> but after I shared a bunch of hurts and a bunch of things that had happened to us in ministry, so one guy came up to me and he said, it's amazing that you're even still in ministry. It's amazing. And I said, if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus has forgiven me and that I'm able to forgive others and then let it go. And I'll tell you what, when I forgive them, it's as if God starts dissolving it and I'm able to forget it and able to move forward in peace. And I want to tell you, take, take God's forgiveness that he gives to you, then give it to other people and watch the ability that it moves from forgiving to forgetting. And even if you still have a tinge of like, I remember, but you're just like, I don't hold it against you anymore. It's been paid. I don't rehash it. I don't think about it over and over again. I let it go and I'm living in the forgiveness that God gives me. Let's remember God and remember good. Let's just decide right now, remember God and remember good. Let's forget those things that are hurting us. Let's let them go and let's do it in the strength of the forgiveness that God gives us so we can give it to other people. Let's forgive and forget. Let's remember the right things, let go of the wrong things and live the life that God has called us to live. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us to do that. I pray that you would help us to remember God and remember the good. Remember God and remember the good. And I pray that we'd forget the things that are holding us back. We'd forget those things that are wrong, that hurt us, that hold us back. And we'd be able to give forgiveness. I even pray right now for people that are just right now like, I don't want to hear this series. I don't want to go through it. I'm glad it's over in this moment. God, I pray that they dig into this and realize they need to remember God and remember the good. They need to forget those things and move forward and they need to forgive those people that have offended, that have hurt. 
And I pray in that forgiveness, God, that you'd have that ability to dissolve the pain, to move them forward, to help them to forget those things and have that ability to move forward in the right way that you want them to live. Help us, God. Help us, God, to move forward and be the greatest givers of forgiveness because that's what's so amazing about you. So amazing that you'd say, I, even I, God, forgive you. It's an absolutely amazing thing, and I pray that we'd be amazed by that. Remember God, remember good. Help us to forget the things we need to forget and help us to live in forgiveness and give forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.